So if you didn't catch that QR code before, you can catch it again. Uh, Jesus, Yahweh embodied, it's what we're talking about today. Um, the notes are there on that QR code. Um, if you want actually notes and you're going to keep them, you can let me know and I'll get a count and I can print them off. But a lot of times I print off stuff and then I have a huge stack because nobody takes them or I pick them up out of the pews. See, so um, that's why we're doing the digital thing. Um, but if you want notes, I'm more than happy to tell the thing to print and then to organize them for you. All right, everybody got that? Jesus, Yahweh embodied, hear and obey in worship. And we're covering Revelation 1, 4 through 20 today. Um, we're going to be doing a pretty slow walkthrough for, for Revelation on both Sundays and Wednesday nights. So uh, check that out um, on either dimes. Uh, it's going to be a great, great time. I'm, I'm glad to have finished preaching through the Bible in four years. I'm very thrilled to have done that. Um, but now I'm very excited that I get to slow down, and now I can uh, dive into this book and many others. So this, I, I promise this won't be three years in Revelation, but it'll be a good chunk of time, okay? Um, so Jesus' outline of Revelation, Jesus tells John this, uh, write what was seen, Jesus glorified, that's uh, Revelation 1, 9 through 20, uh, write what is, the seven churches, Revelations 2 through 3, and write what will be Jesus' judgment in the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the bowls, and then those like scenes of visions that are explaining different parts of like the seals and the trumpets and the bowls. So, and that's Revelation 4 through 22. So this is uh, 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 Jesus' outline and what he instructs John to do. And uh, so this is the guide for which we will go through this book. So today we are looking at who is Jesus, who is Jesus, and Jesus is Yahweh embodied, God with us. And, and John goes to a great length to make that point to us. And if Jesus is Yahweh embodied, then does he deserve to be heard and obeyed in worship? And I hope each one of you can answer that, yes, of course, duh, pastor. But then when you're in that place of not really wanting to be hearing and obeying, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't duty. This isn't obligation. This is worship. We sing a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies. Right? Isn't that how that popular song goes? Something like that. And so when we worship in obedience, it changes us. The Holy Spirit works within us. And we are then transformed by his work. So does he deserve to be heard and obeyed in worship? Yes. Amen. So be it. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 1, and we're in verse 4. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. So two characters here, grace from him who is, who was, and is to come, and grace from the seven spirits before the throne. If you're scratching your head already, good, because it's a head scratcher. 
Who is grace and peace from in verse 4? The first one is Yahweh, the Lord God Almighty, who is and who was and it is to come. God, in all common vernacular. This is a unique phrase, and it is alluding to the Septuagint reading of Exodus 3.14. The Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And I, I want you to understand that most of the New Testament writers, this is the Old Testament translation they were working from. They weren't working from all the, the Masoretic text, which is what all translation uh, Old Testaments are typically translated from. They were working from this translation. So a lot of times if you're looking for allusions or, or things in the, uh, that the author is doing, you have to be somewhat familiar with the Septuagint or at least have a good commentary that is clued in to that. Again, the Septuagint is the, the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and uh, it speaks this. Exodus 13, 14 says, And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, I am the one who exists. And he said, Thus you will say to the children of Israel, The one who exists has sent me to you. It focuses on God's eternal nature, past, present, and future. The one who is, who was, and who is to come. This is where that comes from, that phrase. So the author, immediately John is saying, I want you to think of this guy, Yahweh. It's grace and peace from God, the Father. And he is, and he was, and he is to come. Okay? And then the seven spirits before his throne. And I'm not going to say any more about that. I'm going to leave that hanging because I don't have time to go into that. So if you want to know more about that, you'll have to come to Wednesday night Bible study. And we'll discuss that at Wednesday night Bible study. Who these seven spirits before the throne of God are. And why we're getting grace and peace from them. And from Jesus Christ, verse 5, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Amen. Praise Jesus. I'm glad that he has opened up the floodgates of grace by being the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings and on earth, the lover, he loves us, and the freedom bringer by his blood. So who is grace and peace from in verse 5? Jesus, the faithful witness. Now remember, I said that those, in, in Revelation, those over 150 quotation or allusions or quotations of the Old Testament in Revelation. And we're going to get a ton of them just in this first chapter. So where is this idea of faithful witness? It comes from the idea of the Messiah being a faithful witness to God's work in the world. And so we turn to Psalms 89, 34 to 37. It says, God says, I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. 
for, uh, his offspring shall endure forever. His throne as long as the sun before me. Like the moon, it shall be established forever, a faithful witness in the sky. Jesus. And what way does Matthew start? Why does Matthew start with genealogies? Why does most of the Gospels start with genealogies? Because they are saying, this is Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David. And he is the faithful witness of God's covenant with us. And he is Yahweh embodied. This is how he does that. Jesus, the firstborn of the dead, that's talking of the resurrection, we uh, will share in. He's the first. I'll be the 100th millionth. We all will share in the resurrection of Jesus. And he's the ruler of kings on earth, amen? And he will rule and reign forever and ever. Psalms 89, 27. I would encourage you, I don't have time to do that, but you should go back and read this whole psalm in your, in, this afternoon or sometime this week, Psalm 89, 27. Psalm 89, 27 says, And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Jesus is the lover. Amen? He loves us. He's the freedom bringer by his blood. Psalm, this is a beautiful psalm. Uh, this wouldn't be a good psalm for all of us to just personalize and pray every single day. Oh, Jedediah, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, hesed, covenantal, unconditional love. And with him is plentiful redemption in the blood of Jesus. Because he's the freedom bringer by his blood. And he will redeem you, Jedediah, from all your iniquities. All, all, all of my sin has been nailed to the cross. And praise the Lord, praise the Lord, I bear it no more. I am free, free to worship, free to love the God who loves me because of Yahweh in body, Jesus, who came to save me. Verse 6 of Revelation 1, and Jesus made us a kingdom of priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Jesus is the kingdom and priest maker. He's making a kingdom. He's including us in it. He's making us priests. Priests who represent him to the world. You are a priest. You belong to a kingdom. Not made with hands. But a kingdom that is everlasting. This really calls back to Exodus 19.6, which is actually, at that context, talking about Israel. 
Can we join Israel in this endeavor? Exodus 19.6 says, And you shall be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the people of Israel. And we know if we go back to that passage, that that's the calling out of the people of uh, the Jews, the, not even Jews then, but the Israelites from where? Egypt, right? And coming and freeing them from that. Then they're going <laughs> to go wander in the desert for 40 years until they're ready. But he's setting them free. As a kingdom of grace. Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and is to come, the Al Shaddai, the Almighty. I am from A to Z. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. I am from A to Z, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. There's nothing else besides me that can compare to me. I am above it all, is what he's saying. I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come. I am the past, I am the present, I am the future, and I am your life. I am the Almighty. Who's speaking in verse 8? Yahweh is speaking. Yahweh is speaking. And he is the first and the last, the, the Alpha and the Omega. And this idea comes from Isaiah 41.4. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, Yahweh, the first and with the last, I am he. Yahweh. And Jesus is Yahweh embodied. And as we go through this, he's going to be taking on these attributes that Yahweh has because he has equality with God. And though he didn't see equality as something to be grasped, he emptied himself to the point of death, and not only just a death, but a death on the cross for you and for me, so that we might share in the wonders of of his resurrection, and in the wonders of a relationship with God, Yahweh embodied. Yahweh the Almighty, Yahweh El Shaddai in the Hebrew. God spoke to Moses and said, I am Yahweh. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai. Almighty, but my name, Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. And now, he has made himself known to us as Jesus, Yahweh, embodied. God made flesh. To sympathize and empathize with all our weaknesses, yet without sin. And yet he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become 
the righteousness of God in him. That's the beauty of grace. That's the, that's the story of the gospel, the power of the gospel walking in our life. Yahweh embodied. Revelations 1, 12 through 13. Now, I have uh, some art, artists helping me out. Thank you for those who drew. Um, if you want to help me with that, then you can give me your picture by Friday night. Uh, or Friday afternoon, ideally. But, and uh, I'll include it in, in our slides here. When I turned, John says, when I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstand was one like the son of like a son of man, clothed with a long robe with a golden sash around his chest. Jesus, the son of man. Where does this come from? And this is actually Jesus' favorite term in the gospels to use for himself. He's the son of man. And where does that come from? Well, John wants us to think about Daniel, like 7, 13 through 14. I saw in the night vision, and behold, the clouds of heaven there, one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him, the son of man, was given dominion and glory and kingdom. They, all peoples, nations, and language should serve him, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, who reigns forever and ever. And we all said amen. He's Yahweh embodied. He's the son of man. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. He's making us a kingdom of priests. He's a kingdom maker, a priest maker, and we are part of that kingdom. Amen. That's good news. That means the craziness that's going on around me is not really my problem. Because I belong to a different kingdom, a greater kingdom that is everlasting and will never have any end. And I'm his priest. I represent him to the nations, to my friends, to my co-workers, to my neighbors. Jesus is clothed in a long robe. He's got a golden sash around him. Where's this image coming from? What is Jesus trying to say? Well, he points us to Daniel again. Because in Daniel 10, 5 through 6, it says, Daniel lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes the flame of torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words was like the sound of a multitude. Wow. Yahweh embodied. The hairs of his head were white like wool, says Revelation 1.14. Like snow, his eyes were the flame of fire. Revelation 
15. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword representing the word of God, for the word of God is active and living and sharper than any two-edged sword. Take up the, sh- uh, the sword of the Spirit, right, which is the word of God. And his face was shining like the sun in full strength. Have a look at the sun. Don't recommend it. Jesus as the ancient of days, Yahweh embodied the ancient of days, who the son of man is coming before yet. Jesus is taking on the attributes of the ancient of days. As I looked, thrones were placed on the ancient of days, took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair on his head was as pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. His wheels were burning fire. as the ancient of days, Yahweh embodied. Revelations 1, 17 through 18. When I saw Jesus, John fell at his feet as though dead. He fainted. Don't blame him. I would have fainted too. Jesus didn't walk up and say, Get up! Yahweh embodied, reached down with the hand of honor, with the hand of power, his right hand said, fear not. Many of us have much fear in our lives. And Jesus' message to you this morning with his right hand laid upon your shoulder, with him looking into your eyes, he says, fear not. Fear not. Why? I am the first and the last. I am the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning and the end. There's nothing beside me that can overtake me. I am El Shaddai, the Almighty. I am the first and the last. I'm the first to raise from the dead. I am the faithful witness. Do not fear because I've got you. Fear not. I am Jesus, Yahweh embodied. And I live to make intercession for you before the throne. And I have for you a throne of grace that you can come at any time washed in my blood to receive mercy and grace to help you in the time of need. Yahweh embodied the first and the last. Isaiah 41. Oh, I haven't finished. Sorry. I'm the living one. I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday, uh, a Wednesday, not this Wednesday, because there's too much to talk about this Wednesday. Jesus is dead and is alive. He died. He was in the grave. He was buried three days. And then he rose from the dead, vindicating and validating his death as full payment for our sins. 
the wrath of God satisfied. For those who believe. Romans 14, 9. For to this end Christ died and, to, and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. He's bringing us life. He holds the keys of death and of Hades. We will talk about that on a Wednesday night. Jesus, Yahweh himself. Wow, <laughs> amazing. This is the one that's bringing the letter that we are studying. Isaiah 41, 4 says, Who has performed and who has done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, Yahweh, the first and the last, I am Yahweh and God. See what John did? See how you would have kind of missed it if you didn't know the Old Testament passages? He's saying Jesus is God, equal with him. That, that there is a trinity there. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they hold equality. One God, three persons. I know. It doesn't make mathematical sense. But this is what is being communicated. So who is Jesus? He is Yahweh embodied. Jesus, Yahweh embodied. And as we go through Revelation, and as we go through our lives, may we hear and obey him in, not duty, not obligation, not to try to please him, but in worship. Because he is Yahweh embodied. And as we will find out in chapter 4, he is worthy. Worthy to open the scroll. Worthy to bring the judgment that is coming in these coming chapters. He's worthy to bring the messages to the seven churches. And we should hear him. But not only hear, but obey and we should do it and want to do it in worship. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for sending your only son. Your only unique son, Jesus. To be Yahweh embodied. So that we might have life with you. We thank you that he's the firstborn of the dead, the, the faithful witness, the, the ruler of the kings of the earth, that his dominion is everlasting and, and will not end, that he is the first and the last and there is none other like him. We praise you and we thank you that this is the God that we love and this is the God that we obey and this is the God that we worship. In our being. We praise you and thank you for each of these things. And that you are working in each of these lives. And we pray that we'd walk in the grace that you've so abundantly given to us. That though maybe we stumble that we would be graceful. 
we ask this in Jesus' name.